the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, thank you, sir, and good afternoon to you. Five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. here on your Tuesday, the 18th of January. Have you noticed you've been shopping lately? Wow. Not only are the shelves looking a bit bare these days, but the prices? Ay, 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 ay. What to do about it? Well, one member of the United States Senate has got a proposal. Suggests that it's not inflation, it isn't supply chain issues, it isn't COVID, but rather it's the greedy grocery stores. Is that really the case here? What to do about the high cost of groceries? We'll talk about that coming up later on in tonight's program. But I want to begin with a um, bit of a reminder that this Saturday, the 22nd, will be precisely to the day. Mark the 49th anniversary of the historic and tragic Roe versus Wade decision which made abortion legal in America. Upwards of 55, probably closer to 60 million lives lost as a result of it. Some are wondering as we prepare to mark this 49th anniversary of Roe versus Wade with the 18th annual Walk for Life West Coast in San Francisco on Saturday, whether or not it might potentially be the final one under the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. Meaning, could the Supreme Court finally undo this injustice? We'll talk about that. We'll talk also about the event this Saturday, turning out to be the largest walk for life in the entire country. Joining me right now is one of the keynote speakers of this year's event, he is the founder and director of BlackGenocide.org. And Reverend Glenard Childress, great to have you back with us. Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you, and thank you so much for having me. What's your thought on that? You've been on the forefront of this battle, Reverend Childress, for many, many years. And as you look at all of the changes that have taken place in just the last, say, five years, and most specifically, some of the significant changes in terms of laws that are being passed by the state and the new makeup of the United States Supreme Court. What about the potential idea, the speculation, that this could be the last year under which we gather with Roe versus Wade still in effect? Do you think there's a good chance of that changing? Uh, no question about it. Uh, not to sound overly political, but I thank God now for uh, Donald Trump, the more with the selection of judges he made, simply puts it at this point where we can really look to this and say that it's very likely that it has been overturned. If your audience doesn't know, they voted December 3rd, 
but they can change their mind all the way up to the announcement, which is kind of uh, crazy, but that's the rules. And uh, I kind of think Roberts came on our side with this one finally, and I think it's 6-3. That's my opinion. But I believe certainly it is overturned. Simply, by the way, New Jersey has responded by attempting to codify abortion in New Jersey and, and moving with such a, in, in a very corrupt manner to pass a Freedom, freedom of Reproduction Act, which basically is uh, abortion all nine months through pregnancy. And uh, simply in their own words, we are going to codify abortion uh, regardless of any other uh, outcomes in the Supreme Court. So uh, that's lets me to know that I'm, it was probably going to see the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So good cause to um, maybe slightly, as you suggest, slightly premature, but nevertheless, a lot of encouragement to suggest that this year could be significant. But you touch on a very critical point, and I think of my own state here in California uh, that has already gone on record suggesting that they want to create a sanctuary state, that if the uh, Supreme Court decision in indeed finalized by mid-year comes down that Roe versus Wade is reversed, that California will defy it and will continue to provide abortions on demand as it has and fully attax payer expense, no less. I guess this is suggesting that while we might have won this battle, the war for life is not over with yet. No, and uh, most likely it will come back to the states to decide. Uh, yes, they could just make it across the board, but I believe that uh, the proper Constitution says basically that it's supposed to go to the states. So here in New Jersey, as well as in California, uh, they may change the date <laughs> for the walk, but they are probably still have to certainly be uh, activists and voices for the voiceless, and uh, we'll continue this fight. And I think uh, around June, we'll, we'll probably realize that our activism in many states is still needed. Absolutely. So, you know, we should, uh, I think, uh, certainly pause to, to have a sense of, a sigh of relief and, and, and a celebratory uh, feeling over the advancements, uh, long, hard-fought battle uh, for some of us going back, like yourself, uh, many, many years, decades even. But uh, while we might see uh, some encouraging things changing at the Supreme Court level, uh, to be sure at the state level, there's a lot more work to be done. And I think that that sense of, of not only coming together to encourage one another and have that moment of celebration, but also to focus on the work that lies ahead of us, um, yeah. all culminates in this coming Saturday, the 18th annual Walk for Life West Coast. And as I've said many times down through the years in, in conversations um, with um, the, the founders of this event, Dolores Meehan and uh, Eva Montaigne, uh, who would have ever thought of all places that San Francisco <laughs> would wind up hosting one of the largest pro-life events annually in the entire union? You're going to be a part of it again this year. Speak to us a bit about why folks need to make an effort to come out and be with us on Saturday in the city. Well, no question about it. Activism, social activism is desperately needed, especially now that we see uh, the tipping point and that indeed the Supreme Court has probably done the right thing. It still requires uh, social activism for 
correction of social justice and so, true social justice reform, uh, when there ever has been a correction in society, it comes through activism. And so who better but the people of God, uh, the children of God, being a voice for those who have lost their voice, who are, have been cut off from the American dream. And so we need to encourage one another, edify one another. And what other point is, at that point, when Roe is overturned, in the consciousness of the people, certainly, there will be a, a sway. There will, and especially the generations to come, there will be a swaying. We're admitting, repenting, basically saying that was wrong. And you really cannot make the argument for abortion. 18 days is a heartbeat, 42 days, the, there's brain waves, about 85 days, the child is sucking their thumb. That's a human being. And a person is a person, no matter how small. And we must recognize that they did not choose to die. And, and that's a chant that we're really beginning to carry. Uh, pro-choice, that's a lie. Babies don't choose to die. Yeah, and, and you make an excellent point that um, medical science, if we're honest with ourselves, um, is against this. Certainly from a Judeo-Christian ethics standpoint, uh, there's plenty of evidence against this. The one sort of point upon which they've continuously stood down through these 49, almost 50 years now, uh, is this whole notion of right to privacy and constitutional right, which we're about, to, I, I hope, uh, to, uh, to understand from the United States Supreme Court that, in fact, that decision 49 years ago was one of the most egregious and erroneous decisions ever handed down by the Supreme Court. It generally, historically gets it right, but on this one, boy, did it get it wrong. I know for your heartbeat, one of the other issues, of course, has been the, um, the numbers, the numbers which show just how disproportionate abortion is across racial lines in America today. Does that suggest to you that we also have a lot more work to do in terms of education? Oh, no question. 52% of all African-American pregnancies end in abortion. Uh, since 1973, over 21 million African-Americans are missing directly due to abortion. And the sad thing we've now been proven right is that there has been a deliberate targeting of minorities, the African-American community especially. And uh, with the revelations coming out of the University of Pittsburgh and the University of San Francisco, with these uh, bizarre eugenic experiments on children and animals, uh, I think all of California should come out this Saturday and say, you don't want that, we don't want that in our state, and that this is a time for us to really come back to, as you pointed out, the Judeo-Christian ethic. Uh, we cannot win as a nation continually to victimizing our most vulnerable. And so we're at this point, I really believe we're winning now. I, I believe the uh, conversation has shifted in our favor. And I, I think right now we're at the point now of a great breakthrough. 
Yeah, I, I believe that's true. But of course, this is not a time to uh, to uh, sort of lay back and 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 celebrate uh, and rest. But in fact, we're this close to the finish line. It's important that we continue to press forward. As part of that, again, marking the 49th anniversary of this tragic decision by the court, this coming Saturday, there's going to be the 18th annual. Walk for Life West Coast. It'll begin at 10.45 a.m. There'll be a Silent No More awareness campaign um, that will include talks by Dr. I'm sorry, by Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life. And that will be taking place again at the Civic Center Plaza in the city from 10.45 until 12.15. Um, during that course of time, starting at 11 a.m., running till 12.30, there will also be an info fair available where you can come and learn about the many ways that you can be involved in supporting the pro-life movement. And then, of course, keynote addresses, including our uh, special guest today, Reverend Leonard uh, Childress. That'll begin at 12.30 in the afternoon. That'll be at Civic Center Plaza. The rally again, 12.30 to 1.30. And then the walk from Civic Center down Market Street to Justin Herman Plaza. That will begin at 1.30 p.m. You can get more information on the web at Walk for Life WC. Think West Coast. Walk for Life WC dot com. Reverend Leonard Childress, thank you so much for being with us. We'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Somebody needs to do something about this. I bet you've thought that one or two times over the last, oh, I don't know, couple of years. Normally, we kind of bring out that sense of passion when we pull up to the pump and look at the price per gallon. Or more recently, trips to the grocery store. Oh, boy. In addition to looking at the shelves that are appearing to be a bit on the bare side these days. If the prices aren't going up, the container size of the packaging that you purchase has certainly gone down. You have noticed that a pound of spaghetti is not a pound anymore. 16 ounces, not anymore. Check it out. So what of all of this? And if we demand that someone do something about this, doesn't it seem likely? It does to at least one member of the United States Senate that the president has the power over such matters. But does he really? Well, to get some insights on this topic that affects every one of our lives and our pocketbooks, we're joined by CPA, lawyer, constitutional historian, best-selling author, and the host of the longest-running libertarian talk show in the country, Mr. Bob Zadek. Bob hosts the Bob Zadek Show, broadcast Sunday mornings here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area at 8 a.m. on our sister station, 860 a.m., The Answer. Bob, as always, great to have you with us. And I guess we we prescribed to the president far more power than he actually has. And it, it seems as if now, <laughs> now somehow there is a thought coming from uh, no less than a member of the United States Congress who's thought that we ought to uh, do something about what is perceived to be corporate greed by addressing the increase of groceries at the grocery store. And, and in this case, somehow, instead of shifting blame to the president, the blame is getting laid squarely on antitrust laws, as if somehow there has been this massive collusion going on amongst all of the retail food chains in the country to make our lives miserable. So, 
Give us some of the background on this. And what is this ridiculous proposal that the Senator Warren has come up with? I love it. Thank you very much, Craig, for inviting me back on your show. It's always a pleasure to spend the time with you on these uh, Tuesday afternoons. Um, I love it when anybody in public life complains about corporate greed as if a an artificial entity, a, a, a corporation, which is not a person, it is an act. It is an organization of people united um, and joining forces to make money. Um, but it's a, the corporation itself is not a person. Despite the corporation not being a person, not being a human being, corporations are accused of being greedy. When I first heard that several decades ago, I started to think, my goodness, there is a huge untapped uh, occupation to be had. If corporations can be greedy, an emotional experience, I wonder if corporations can be depressed and can be sad and can be insecure. And does that not open up a new occupation of corporate psychotherapy? And why aren't there psychiatrists which treat corporations? And have the corporation come in, lie down on the couch, and talk about how their parents hated them or loved them <laughs> or whatever. In other words, corporations cannot be greedy. Corporations are exist exist in order to be a matter to accumulate capital so that the providers of capital can earn a profit. That's what a corporation is here for. If the corporation does not earn a profit, it cannot exist for long. So the concept of greed, what does that actually mean? Does it mean wanting to get the best deal one can? Well, if those who lead corporations did anything other than try to maximize profits, they are breaking the law and ought to be fired, if not sued. They have a duty to maximize the value to the investors. A duty. Duty is an important word. It means if you violate the duty, bad things happen to you. So to say that a corporation is greedy because it is doing the one thing that it is formed to do, which is to make a profit, is utter sophistry. And how could anybody complain about a corporation doing what it's supposed to be doing? Now, um, we are talking really about the bigger picture known as inflation. Inflation is a very simple concept to understand, but notwithstanding that, it's too complex for those in government. Inflation describes the circumstance when a unit of currency, a dollar, purchases less goods or services than it did at a different time. So compared to yesterday or some time before yesterday, if you compare the past to the present, the same unit of currency buys less. 
putting it another way, if a worker was earning $15 an hour and therefore an hour of work generated $15, that hour of work could purchase less than an hour of work could purchase earlier. In other words, uh, things have not become more valuable or less valuable. It just means that the purchasing power of a dollar is less. Why does that happen? Why are dollars worth less? It's obvious because there are more of them than there were before. if, if we have more of anything, the price goes down. If we have an abundance of anything, then it, its value is less. If we discover infinitely more gold, the price of gold, so long as it's mined, the value of gold will go down. Uh, not very hard to understand. Therefore, how do we have too much money? We have too much money if the government the only organization permitted to create money prints more of it. Milton Friedman once observed that in, when we have inflation, we, the problem is the problem of the printing press. We are printing too much money. Well, why does the government print too much money? Because the more money it prints, the more money it has to spend. And to the government, when it has to spend more money than it has, it can acquire more money by taxation, by taking it from others, or it can acquire more money by making it with the printing press. If it, if it raises taxes, that has uh, detrimental effects on those people running for office. So that's not a desirable option. So how do they, in effect, raise taxes without raising taxes? Well, if they print money, create inflation, cause everybody's money to be worth less, that is, to you and I, Craig, a, a tax, in effect, because we have less value in our pocket than we had before. Whether we have less value by the existing value being taken away, taxation, or we have less value because we have the same quantity but it's worthless, it's the same thing to us. We are poorer than we were yesterday. So inflation, which is caused 100% by governmental action, Inflation is simply a tax without political consequences. Oh, the government now needs to spend more than it has. Ergo, we have inflation. It is a printing press problem. And the difficulty is that this indirect tax, inflation, falls hardest on those who can least afford it. Uh, People who have lots of extra capital and buy stocks, since everything goes up in in absolute, in in value, that is, stocks are worth more dollars, the same value, because dollars are worthless, but stocks go up in value. So if you have a stock portfolio, you don't suffer much negative consequences. But if you live off your salary, and unless you got a raise 
as soon as there is inflation, which you don't, you don't. That means your salary tomorrow, you got a pay cut as compared to today. Those are middle class and lower middle class people. So therefore, what have I said? Inflation is not something which happens like a hurricane. Inflation is something which somebody does. The government. Think of it as a man-made tornado. It's government policy that's an indirect tax on those who can least afford it, and it's done because government elects not to raise taxes to get their money to spend, but to diminish the value of everything we own. So we have governmental ignorance of economics, or not ignorance, it's intentional, causing inflation. The news would have you believe that inflation just kind of happens like a hurricane. It doesn't just happen. It's the people you voted into office who have done that to you. And that's the problem with the discussion of economics today, is that most people don't understand the cause and effect, and therefore those in government get kind of a free pass through this stealth kind of taxation. Well, and and one easy way we can demonstrate how this works, something that we're all painfully aware of here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that is the impact of flooding the market with cash, meaning making money very cheap, ridiculously so, when it is that abundant. People then in turn say, well, uh, there's more money out there. I want my fair share. I want a little bit more, too. And look at what's happened to the cost of housing in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Well over a decade now, as we uh, mark the anniversary of the, um, the last significant economic downturn in 2009. So here we are in 2022. So 13 years later and flooding the market with cheaper and cheaper money. And making sure that we have an overnight lending rate that hovers around zero has resulted in an abundance of cheap money out there, which has slowly driven up the cost of housing in the San Francisco Bay Area. But when we come back after the break, I want to dig a bit deeper into this notion that somehow it's all the fault of greedy corporations and that we can somehow employ the antitrust laws in order to prevent any of this from happening. And I, I just want to suggest to you, um, as you're listening to our dialogue today with best-selling author and syndicated talk show host Bob Zadek, that for everybody out there that decries the quote-unquote greedy corporations, I bet those that have stock in those greedy corporations uh, held in the form of maybe an IRA or a 401k or, or other savings, you probably would prefer that the company that you have stock in make money for you so that your earnings are higher, so that you can earn more money for retirement, I don't know of anybody who says, you know, I made too much in my IRA, my 401k. I'm going to call the companies that I hold money in and say, you need to lower your prices. Nobody ever does that. And yet that's kind of the equivalent of what one U.S. senator is asking for, short of demanding that antitrust laws be used, because I guess nowadays we can bail out the airlines, we can bail out the banks. 
But uh, we don't want to bail out the grocery stores, even though everybody listening to this broadcast at one form or another shops at a grocery store. Bob Zadek with us tonight, CPA lawyer, constitutional historian. You've looked at the price at the grocery store lately. None of us are happy with it. But is it really something that the federal government can come in and artificially force down? We'll continue our dialogue as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. So you know how occasionally you'll hear somebody who is uh, all geared up against big pharma? That seems to be a popular enemy these days. And these are the same people that, while they hate big pharma, take an aspirin when they get a headache are currently on a variety of medications to control their blood pressure, their cholesterol. <laughs> it, it's always interesting how we like to pick out boogeymen, and sometimes because we're just ignorant, other times because, well, maybe in this case here, it's an example of, hey, look over there, uh, an attempt to try and uh, distract attention. And I have to wonder if maybe... That is the attempt being uh, waged here by Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, who is now going after big grocery and suggesting that perhaps antitrust legislation needs to be used as a tool that would deal with these greedy grocery stores. So this has nothing to do with an abundance of cash flow out there, nothing to do with supply chain issues related to COVID, nothing to do with the significant up tick in groceries that are being purchased, quite frankly, because we're at home more, we're not eating out the way we used to, etc., etc. It, it seems as if they look for every answer under the sun, but the real answer to try and explain why the cost of groceries has gone up. We're talking about it today with CPA, lawyer, constitutional historian, and the host of the longest-running libertarian talk show in the country, Bob Zadek. His program, The Bob Zadek Show, comes your way every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Locally, it can be heard on 860 a.m., The Answer. You can also get information about Bob's work, his books, recent guests on the program, podcasts, and other resources by checking out his website at bobzadek.com. That's B-O-B-Z-A-D-E-K.com. Bob, what of this? It seems to be Craig, you're overly right, simplistic. You're spot, on, you're spot on in your comment a second ago that the politicians, especially Liz Warren of late, uh, Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, um, that when they are fearful of getting heat and ultimate punishment at the ballot box, the technique that many politicians adopt is to deflect attention. If they can find a boogeyman, if they can find a manufactured demon so that voters who have a lot of anger can redirect the anger away from the politician to somebody else, the politician gets a free ride. As we said before the break, uh, the problem of inflation and very high prices relative to the recent past, uh, inflation is caused only by government, which means people in elective office. Now, so 
it is essential for the survival of a politician to redirect attention. And they have so they used to direct their attention, as you said in your commentary, towards big pharma. And remember, high drug prices break up the drug companies, uh, punish the drug companies. Notice how nobody talks about it anymore. Why? Because the drug companies came up in record time with a vaccine to help us combat the ravages of COVID. So they became, all of a sudden, heroes. There was no future in demonizing drug companies. Remember how recently they were demonized? No more. Well, let's hit the grocery stores. After all, if meat and coffee and milk are higher priced, Let's blame the seller, not market forces, not inflation. Let's blame the sellers. And though the grocery stores are very convenient targets, how utterly absurd it is. There is no accusation that um, the heads of grocery stores are meeting in underground garages or in private clubs and planning to collectively raise prices, and there is plenty of competition, everyone listening to this show makes a decision, should I go to Vons, should I go to Ralph's, should I go to Safeway, should I go to Whole Foods, should I go to Trader Joe's, all probably within walking distance or a 10-minute drive. There is brutal competition among grocery stores all the time. If one grocery store were raising their prices, um, people would stop shopping there within minutes. We all can tell prices. They're all advertised online. Nobody is going to be fooled. So to say that grocery stores occupy a monopoly, they're Profit margins, which is the difference between what they buy groceries for and what they sell them for, is about 1% or less. They make money based upon enormous volume, not on high prices. They make skinny, skinny price margins, and yet they are being demonized. Indeed, it is so absurd Craig, and you may not know this, but a few months ago, a bill, and it's bipartisan, Craig, Amy Klobuchar, Chuck Grassley, a Republican, uh, Josh Hawley, a Republican, uh, all co-sponsored a bill which is seeking, it's not going to go anywhere, but you know what this bill wants to do? It's called the American Innovation and Choice Online Act. And it's designed to punish online marketers such as Amazon and Walmart and the like to unfairly promote their own products at the expense of somebody else's. Everybody in America benefits from private label this is in private label that's we benefit why because they're cheaper so amazon is doing this unforgivable act of giving us cheaper products so that we can benefit amazon single-handedly gives every american a raise 
every minute of every day by offering quality products at a lower price. And there is a bill to prevent Amazon from doing that. What could more demonstrate the ignorance of economics than punishing a large store or, or, or an online merchant from having the, the bad motives of getting us quality products at a low price? Well, you know, and, and let me interrupt, Bob, because the, this, this also demonstrates the utter ignorance of some of these actors, and I call them that intentionally, in Washington, D.C., who do not even fundamentally understand the way this works. Ten minutes on any website search engine, and you can look at a major retailer's so-called house brand. Let's take, for example, Costco with Kirkland. If you start to dig deeper, you begin to find out, dependent upon the product, that more often than not, the quote-unquote Kirkland brand of whatever it is that you're purchasing, while oftentimes significantly lower than the leading manufacturer, is in fact made by the leading manufacturer, and it is the utter volume, the purchase power of a chain like Costco that can negotiate Cheaper deals for the exact same name brand product. They slap their own label on it. They pass the savings on to you. Are these people so utterly ignorant of the way this works that they think somehow they're getting one over us? They don't recognize the fact that most of the time when you buy the quote-unquote house brand, you're actually buying, if not the leader, oftentimes one of the top-tier manufacturers of whatever that product might be. That that, in fact, is an advantage for the, 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 the individual doing the shopping, not a disadvantage. And they don't understand this. Uh, but because they need to have a demon. Um, that's what this is about. And they punish Amazon and its competitors. I mean that word, competitors. It punishes those competitors for having the, uh, the bad motives of trying to give us quality products at a low price. All they are doing is competing and Craig, the magic of living in a relatively free market society is that there is so much brain power in in corporate governance all assembled for one purpose, Craig, to give us what we want at the price we want to pay. It gives me goosebumps to think how many really smart people exist only to give me what I want at a low price. It's astonishing, but that's what a market economy does. They are falling all over each other. Who can give us the best product at the lowest price? And that's what elected officials are seeking to destroy. And it's all because of economic ignorance. And Craig, before we run out of time, I would love to, uh, in the subject of economic ignorance of public officials, and it's bipartisan, it's not Democrat or Republican, it's, it's both uh, uh, taking advantage of situations and finding a demon. The other subject that makes me crazy 
when I read about legislation limiting what is called price gouging, price gouging, price gouging is a phenomenon whereby when something is scarce, those who have it and are selling it seek to take advantage of the scarcity to raise their price. And that is felt somehow to be a crime. Most states, the majority of states, have anti-price gouging laws. Now, when does price gouging occur? It occurs during um, a hurricane or a flood. And what happens? There is a hurricane. Hurricane Sandy in the, in the Northeast. A hurricane happens, and there's no water, and there are no batteries, and there are no generators, and there's no propane, and the trucks can't get through, and the stores have nothing. And some entrepreneur says there's money to be made, and that entrepreneur loads up a truck with water or propane and says, I can make money, and I'm going to go through this storm, take my chances, drive for 12 hours from Pennsylvania and sell bottled water to people who are willing to pay $5 a bottle. If you make that a crime, which is a crime, what will that entrepreneur do? He'll stay home in Pennsylvania where it's warm. And what happens to the people in the storm area? They don't get any water. Price changes, higher prices are a signal. Prices are a signal. It's a message to the world. Hey, there is a shortage somewhere of something. That is a message to you. Make money, fill that need. Give the buyer what they want, and you will make money doing so. It is a signal to the seller to rush goods where they are needed. Now, what about the buyer? Doesn't it hurt the buyer? Well, it doesn't hurt the buyer because the buyer is willing to pay the price. Because at the time, water is worth $5 a bottle where there isn't any on the shelves. Also, when prices go up, what does that mean? It means there's no hoarding. Nobody is going to hoard bottled water or propane or plywood if you have to pay a lot of money to buy it. There's no reason to hoard it. So it prevents hoarding. So price, raising prices during periods of scarcity, in effect, cure the problem and provide goods and services where they are most needed. Because the pricing sends a message to the world that something is needed somewhere, go fill it and you will be rewarded. And yet that act, that act of bringing goods and services where they are most needed is in most states a crime. Astonishing. Well, and the other thing, too, about this, as our time winds down tonight, um, Bob Zedek is with us. And again, you can get information about Bob's radio program heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. here in the greater San Francisco Bay region by checking out Bob's website at bobzadek.com. Bob, the irony with all of this, too, is that these are the very same people. And, uh, you know, oftentimes a ridiculous thought is if it's presented by uh, Bernie Sanders, then it's presented by uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. 
uh, th- these are the same people that are demanding fifteen, twenty dollar minimum wage rates across the country, and and as they look at a big supplier of, of employment for um, you know basically unskilled labor in the grocery business between stocking clerks and people who uh, you know help uh, bag your groceries, take you out to the car, all of that. Uh, they they don't apparently recognize that at the same token that they're demanding the prices be lowered. They're also demanding that the retailers, the grocery stores, spend more when it comes to their personnel costs. So there's a fundamental disconnect here of even how the basics in economics function. An incredible misunderstanding. And it's painful to me because um, there there is so much... I'll call it economic ignorance. I don't mean to be insulting to anybody. A lack of understanding of core principles of economics, which allow the politicians to take advantage of that and to dodge responsibility for their acts. After all, a politician is elected on the theory that they have specialized knowledge in certain areas that we don't have. So electing people to Congress is really outsourcing. We are outsourcing the activity of governance because we do not know enough and don't care to learn all that you have to know to run a government. So we hire by voting a specialist. We outsource an activity that we would find to be unproductive, unpleasant, and we don't care to learn about it. So we outsource it to people who know less than we do. It's like hiring a plumber to paint your living room. We hire people who are not competent to do it. Voting is nothing other than a a monumental HR department. And we are doing a bad job in hiring people, hiring people to do the work we need to have done. And so that's the breakdown. The people we hire are bad at their job. Bob Zadek covers these issues and more every Sunday on his program. Again, complete details available. You can get information about past broadcasts, upcoming shows, the podcast library, as well as information about Bob's books by going online to bobzadek.com, B-O-B-Z-A-D-E-K.com. And again, his program, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., locally here in the San Francisco Bay Area on 860 AM, The Answer. So there's your answer, some insights as to how inflation really works and the notion that you can just pass a law and make it all go away. (laughs) Demonstrating the people that wish to do such things clearly don't even understand that at the core, quite often, the whole issue of inflation, yeah, responsibility lays squarely at their feet. Our thanks to Bob Zadek for some insights tonight. All right, at 6.01, let's get some insights for you, and then we'll be back with more. Hour number two around the corner on this edition of Lifeline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.